This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's Swindon Town. Well, it's been a long time coming. A very long time coming indeed. And we have tried. And now we have succeeded. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Rich. How are you? Oh, all the better for talking to your fine self to cover a press conference. What a thrill this is. Thank you for agreeing to cover for for Joe. Well, I'm not sure I can provide the same uh, eyebrow raising that Joe can, but I will. I will do my best. Long time listener, first time caller, as they say. So it's it's uh, it's nice to be on. Consider it payback for the Sam Burton episode. Well, thank you very much. Yes, and well, we have a weekend free in a couple of weeks. So I might pester you for some additional content. I haven't talked to you about that yet. So, <laughs> so I'm putting you firmly on the spot. But we'll, we'll... Absolutely. Uh, you're, you're absolutely putting me on the spot. We'll, uh, we'll see what we can do. We'll talk to your agent and see what we can figure out. Lovely. <laughs> um, a phrase that's used oh so often and too often, never a dull moment at Swindon Town, is there? Uh, um, no, no. There is between... Um, slight bursts of joy, frequent bursts of chaos, occasional bouts of despair, and uh, that, that's just the on-pitch stuff. The the off-pitch stuff has a has a life all of its own. But but no, no, it's been it's been kind of quite a uh, quite a week. And without without wishing to drag you into the contents of the press or already, I, I think there was a, a reasonably conscious effort by the manager to try and sort of um, draw a line under the under the worst of it and freshen things up a bit. Yeah. We, do, we we don't use the presser to talk about the off-the-field stuff that often, and I'm sure episode five, which we weren't looking to commission, will will emerge <laughs> sometime in the not-too-distant future. When nature takes its inevitable cause. When yes. nature takes its inevitable cause, indeed. And what we saw this week was a a reply to the the reports from Ryan Whelan um, in terms of the club being one potentially for sale or at least there being talks and also the unpaid wages. And I think what we saw in the Forbes Australia uh, article was again, Morfuni in his more truer form. There's a few interesting quotes in there, but I don't really want to get into the weeds of that too much because we'll do it in more depth at a later date. But we are seeing a lot more concern within the fan base. Now, I can't be holier than thou. The Low Strangers 
be it in podcast form or on social media, we we contribute to the fire. You know, we stoke the flames, um, but it's not with an agenda of this man is a crook and he has to go. It's more about the well-being and the the future of Swindon Town Football Club. And as I pour through the quotes from not just Forbes Australia, but from pretty much when Swindon Town were, became the Glenmore Fooney era, when when the takeover was 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 started, I just look at quotes, I compare, and it, there's just so many inconsistencies that I just I find it very hard to just be like draw the line under a couple of mistakes. We move on. So much stuff, Andrew, just doesn't seem to to add up for me. Yeah, no, I think I think it's certainly fair to be concerned about um, about aspects of what's going on. The the whole sort of um, share transfer is is clearly you know deeply unsatisfactory, and it's clearly all the way that emerged is un, is unsatisfactory. You can argue about the process itself. Um, you know, the the fact that it evidently was a surprise to Rob Angerson and then turned around in 24 hours. So that's, you know, I, that feel that feels like that was quite a, a sort of damaging blow that I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely sure um, that the regime sort of recover, recovers from easily because um, the, can, the canary in the coal mine, if you like, um, got a, a sort of rather unhealthy dose of gas at that point to, to kind of stretch a metaphor. So um, I, I I did I did read the the Forbes Australia article and wonder at their proofreading primarily almost before uh, before the actual quotes but uh, again the way the way he sort of addresses um the purchase of the ground and the kind of lack of sort of recognition of the Nigel Eady Trust and so forth that I I, do, I don't think that sits well there's there's lots of sort of um interpretation of of um, quite what he'd do if he met Ryan Whelan in a corridor. I, I presume it would be have a it would be have a civilized chat, and I don't know if there is some genuine kind of Anglo-Australian um, mate stroke cobber stroke uh, cultural interpretation that that is different. Um, you know, you you can be frustrated you can be frustrated with journalists. That that's fine. People do that often with good cause. Um, <laughs> but but you know that yeah that that didn't really work. It, it was. Um, well, it wasn't the it wasn't the best it wasn't the best read, was it? Like I say, even even when you put the proofreading right, yeah, quite. And and the and the, the swinging comment about you know taking a swing at somebody, I, I you know I took that with a pinch of salt. I didn't take it literally, but I think what you've quite rightly done is address the areas where I think I was like, oh, here we go again, and it just felt like Forbes Australia is his safe space. And he doesn't realise that these quotes make it to our shores too, because he knows that we've been irked with the way he describes the ED contribution to the ground purchase. But he's he's gone back to that road and this thirty years of not being of not being run properly. When you know that that you know might be largely true, but it just I get this feeling that someone is feeding those quotes to him and he just keeps saying it and saying it and saying it. If you say it enough, it's true. Um, It's, it's that. And then you get the fan base side of it where, you know, there are fans quite fairly saying you're making a lot of noise, prove it until you prove it. You know, it's just, it's just noise and nothing more. But the other side are saying we can prove that he's lied so what more do you need? And he's not really proved that he's right. It's just one word against another side, but it's a mess, isn't it? It's it, it's not it, it it you know it it's not a comfortable position. It it does it does feel like when you sort of kind of look on the look on the socials and that you know there is more there is more to life than socials. That um the the sort of goodwill has evaporated. The relationship is is more kind of um uh. Feels like more of an uh, uncomfortable shotgun marriage now than the uh, uh, more blissful early stages. That, that I think that I think that's one way to put it. There has been sort of discussions about chanting during the game against Stockport County this week, and I would say that would be completely well. That wouldn't be productive at all. This isn't about Michael Flynn. This isn't about his staff or players. The game three o'clock should be about getting behind this Swindon Town side against what will be a very tough opposition. Um yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Um I I'm I'm always loath to 
to kind of lecture fans as to, to how they they should or or shouldn't behave because I'm very lucky. I get a free t- I get a free ticket and not everyone does. And when you invest that that time and that time and money and it doesn't turn out right, so um, I, I suppose it's I suppose it's that question of whether collectively you feel you're at the point where the protest must interrupt the team. And sometimes, you know, sometimes that, sometimes that switches. I think with, you know, I think with a lot of clubs like um, Charlton or Reading or whatever, when they're throwing tennis balls on the pitch and stuff, you can quite clearly understand why their frustrations, where their owners have got to the point where, you know, stuff, it really, it really doesn't matter if we disrupt, if we disrupt the team and how they're playing. Um, are we at that tipping point yet? Yeah, personally, I would say no. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a very good way of putting it. I will lecture the fan base. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to imply you're there wagging your wagging your finger at. I, I think it, I think it's perfectly legitimate opinion, and the you know the the season is not dead yet either. No, absolutely um, not, absolutely not. And I think you know, Clemble isn't going to be there this weekend, and that is where that's the person that needs to answer the questions. So that would be my angle. And what happens if we go three, four, five nil down or whatever, you know, that reaction is spontaneous, I think, more than anything. I don't think there's going to be people in the ground dreading or disappointed if Swindon take the lead or win this game. But, I mean, I was there at Aldershot last week. There certainly wasn't any toxic, hostile atmosphere going 7 nil down against a non-league side. So... I guess we'll, it'll be a real indicator of the last week, seeing how the fans react if we do struggle against Stockport. Yeah, yeah, and well, I do, I do wonder in that sense if it if it almost helps that it is a, it is a bit of a. Um, I nearly said free hit, which is one of those awful journalistic nonsenses that managers quite rightly, uh, quite rightly jump on and, and talk of as, as the as the foolishness it is. But the, the the level of expectations are inevitably fairly low, just because Stockport can't steam can't uh, stop winning uh, yeah, it's got to end at some point hasn't it but let's see let's see what the weekend brings before we move on well that was a a very deliberately upbeat Michael Flynn from the last two press conferences at least certainly the last one where it was a real tough listen um, and then when listening to the final bits it, it sounded like he was very much that's what he was going for yeah yeah I think I think so maybe he almost felt that you know he let Saturday get to him a bit ahead of Tuesday. I think um, as I said on, on Monday, on Monday it was it was fairly sort of bleak there, and when I was pushing on it, you could still kind of see see the see the pain and and kind of feel it feel it in his voice as well. But no, he sort of um, he bounced him, which is which is quite an achievement to do given the the venue. I will lift the lid a little bit here, which is um, essentially an echoey dressing room in the, the training base. At um, Beversbrook, so it it almost feels like you're going in there to do your year three swimming or whatever, <laughs> or or whatever it would be. So it you know it it's um it's hardly it's hardly he swans in, gets a cup of coffee off his assistant, and sits down at a desk in front of the sponsors board. So, uh, but no, no, he did he was he was much more yeah much more positive, much more trying to sort of get um get back the good energy. And I, I guess it's I think he feels he's got to sort of um almost kind of reset and. Um, if he doesn't bring the positive energy, he will. Indeed, indeed. And they need positive energy. So it was yourself representing BBC Radio Wiltshire and also Edward Burnett representing the advertiser for this press conference. We'll start with a question that Edward asked Michael Flynn, which was, how does this job compare to other jobs he's had? Well, he was never going to say, well, this is the best job I've ever had because he's managed his boyhood team. Um, so um, how, what did he say here? Um, he was he was pretty upbeat, really. I think he, st- he kind of said he sort of, he is kind of essentially sort of, um, you know, in, enjoy enjoying it. Um, he also, I think, I think for the first time, he sort of implied that perhaps he knew when he took it, it might be a bit more long term than sort of turn up, get promotion, and and so on. Um, it sounds like he got a bit of stick from um, quite how shell shocked he looked from his mates on Twitter. So um, social media was brought to him, I believe. He doesn't read it, as far as I know, and um, he's also. Uh, He's also got a bit of a back problem, so um, I think he's kind of resigned himself to, to middle age. But apart from apart from the back problem, he was quite. Um, yep, this is good. I'm enjoying it, but it's a challenge. Trap nerves aren't a joke, Michael Flynn. I can uh, I can sympathise with him there. Yes, at least he's admitting he he is looking at social media, unlike Scott Lindsay, who 
always said he didn't, but clearly did. Mm, well, I did, I, yeah, no, no, I think um, the Scott was Scott was a nice man, but I think um, I think he did take some of it all a bit personally, possibly when when maybe he shouldn't have done. Yeah, well, uh, there's one thing for sure: Michael Flynn's mates are not <laughs> taking it seriously because they seem to be mocking him on a regular basis. You can you can somehow imagine that would be exactly the kind of um, banter you get at a pub in Newport on a Sunday at about half past three. <laughs> guess we need to talk about Colchester because he was asked about it the first half fine definite improvement from from what we saw I mean he, and then it just kind of fell apart in the second and it wasn't acceptable it was a it was a game where you know we could have got points out of it what what did what did Michael Flynn say about the Colchester game well it, it, it was kind of a bit um yeah it, it was a bit like that um it wasn't too sort of deviant from his, his kind of summary on Tuesday. Really, first half was good, put them in a in a good position to win, and then they they had their wobbly spell. But he was he was quite sort of upbeat about it being something of an antidote, shall we say, to to Saturday. I've noticed I can't actually say the name of the team now. I think it started to um, deep into my psyche that much. Um, so. So, so yeah, it, it was more that you know he saw some sort of response, some kind of building blocks, and the, the first the first half was was quite decent. I had Sam Sam Parkin with me on Tuesday, which was a great joy, and he was kind of quite impressed by the first half. But the the concern, I suppose, is that um, they did sort of collapse a little bit easily. But I th- I think the side he's still sort of is kind of confident that the, that the group at least sort of showed that togetherness. So I guess if you like, so um, they. They win as a team and they lose as a team, as you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and one thing the last week has done, the loss against Colchester and a Australian-based <laughs> interview, is it really has deflected away from the team that shall not be named. I, I'm, I wouldn't say I've recovered from it yet, but it's certainly not at the front of my mind anymore. Uh, it's, um, I'm, I think I'm finding it a slightly slower process than you. In, yeah. that, in in that case, yeah, yeah, maybe maybe because I'm forced to stay at the end. I don't, I, don't know, I couldn't leave even if I want, even if I wanted to. But um, no, no, I'll, I'll be, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. You don't, you don't have to worry about me too much. But it, but yeah, that was, it just was um historically bad, wasn't it? See, see, there's there's some kind of um there's some part of me that can't talk about it, and there's some part of me that clearly must talk about it. Yeah, I think I think I, 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 it won't hurt me like Brighton at the with Dean hurt me. Oh, exactly. Exactly. That, 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 well, you know that's a, that's another one for Swindon Room One Hundred and One, isn't it? Yeah. Should we do a watch along for the twentieth anniversary at the end of the season? No. Oh my. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. A, it's twenty years, and B, once once live was enough. Yeah. Absolutely was enough. Yeah. I'll, I'll replicate my forward role that I did when Rory Fallon scored in the roundabout in Plymouth, much to the annoyance of a, of a table near me who took quite great delight in Brighton, then um, coming back and, and winning on penalties. So, mm, no, no. Uh, oh, you've 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 opened up, you've opened up a deep wound because while um, <laughs> while we're busy talking about uh, one team with A, they're beating another team with A who used to be European champions. Uh. It just doesn't. Uh, it's such a divergent path. Goodness me, isn't it, Jess? Oh, I've lost my confidence. How about Swindon Town? <laughs> How's that for a segue? Uh, he was asked about confidence. Yeah, no, no I, I kind of put this this to him a little bit because it was the sort of first real time I've I've heard one of the players, Jake Young, sort of talk about it afterwards, and it was um, a bit fragile. I, I, I think that the kind of assessment was um, they're sort they're kind of okay with with confidence. The answer kind of moved a bit more into the more the kind of things they'd done wrong in the Colchester game, and the fact that you know the the kind of defensive mistakes they weren't on sort of confidence based mistakes, I suppose, if you like. And the the positive that was was sort of dug dug out of it was, um, you know, what a great game to get your confidence back, no matter how well or badly you play. If you beat uh, Stockport on this ridiculous run, who are sailing along at the top of the table, um, no matter if it's all. You know, some awful scruffy dog-eared win. Then um, ending that run of itself would surely give you confidence, which is a, a pretty legitimate argument, I think. Right. Let's go into the bread and butter injuries now. Michael Flynn was much more thorough with this, which 
usually he lists who's out and then I'm like, well, who else is then? Who else is out? And then we mm. find out at two o'clock or at 6.45 um, on a match day. But he, he went through the list. Oh, it's, 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 it's beginning to stack up, isn't it? What have we got? Um, we've we've got which was sort of first revealed on Tuesday, but confirmed uh, another long absence for uh, poor old Tom Clayton, six to eight weeks, uh, hamstring. Uh, Jake Kane seems to be in a slightly one of these sort of slightly strange situations where he felt his his kind of um, his problem, even though a scan wasn't there. So something's out there. Tareko Akwe's out for a while until January. Um, Reese Devine, of course, is um, is a uh, on the long on the long term sick list, though I think for the first time we did have talk of him maybe resurfacing at some point in the new year. But I, th- I think the the most well possibly not frustrating one in terms of what we've seen, but just uh, in the fact that it's it's sort of flared mysteriously and he's disappeared back to Burnley. We may never see him again. Is that Ben Ward needs an operation, and he won't he won't in theory be back to January. And you can very easily see that as um, one of those sort of half-season loans where they um, quietly sort of fade into the in into the background in a um, who was it Adam May kind of way I guess, yeah. although he wasn't injured. I think maybe Dan Ballard um, might oh, be. But... Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 I think I think that was that was terrible luck in August. I think I think uh, yeah. I think he played like two games and disappeared, disappeared and, um, and that was it. But with Ben Ward, it's been a case of we've not really ever been told what the problem is, and now we've told we're told he's, he needs surgery, but we're still not a hundred percent what that surgery is for. No, no, no. I, I've, I've got a feeling it was some kind of oh, what was it? Sort of. Um, muscular issue i think but yeah. um suffice whatever it is um yeah by his uh by his quite good cameo substitute appearance at peterborough shall we shall we forever know him i think yeah yeah and i i suppose being considering he's a burnley player that probably works in our favor in terms of if it was a league one player i'd be worried that the, the parent club won't want him back because we're covering x amount of his wages so I, I think this could result long term, not great for Ben Ward, but could be good for Swindon in terms of bolstering in January. Yeah, I, I, would, I would think so. You know, especially if he is going to need a period of of rehabilitation. I mean, he, he is, you know, only only young. He's only nineteen. I think it's going to be his. It's going to be his sort of first sort of senior loan, if you like. So. Um, you presume that Burnley, while they're well, they're in the Premier League at least, however likely that looks to to be, can just kind of you know absorb the cost, deal with the re- deal with the rehabilitation, and, and wish him better luck next time when they they try and maybe send him out on loan at the start of next season. Yeah, I don't know if concerned is the right word, but Jay Kane just keeps on getting these itty bitty injuries, and he's actually been quite useful whenever he's been called upon this season. Not outstanding, but when he started, he scored, which is always a nice surface layer sort of compliment. But he's never been particularly bad or anything. He's he's, he's contributed quite well, but he keeps on getting these injuries. Yeah, no, the, the, the original one he had was kind of really strange because I think, I think at one point he thought he'd broken his ankle and clearly, clearly that was... Um, confused or not or not quite the case because he was he was sort of back running within about two or two or three weeks but whatever whatever you know it's, it's so often the case isn't it sometimes players come back they come back quite early and then while they've been working to build up one part of their body it all gets um uh, this is you can tell this is not a physio talking um <laughs> but you know what one one bit seems to kind of get a bit out of balance then that go and then that goes pulled or your back goes or something or something like that you you do see that you do see that pattern so often that tr- just trying to you know deal with one problem and and sort of solve that puts pressure on on other muscles or other or other bits and and you can't quite get um get as as consistently fit to the, the sort of high standard you you need to be well, Michael Finn has left me doing a lot of soul searching a few times this season when he's talked about football fans who think they know the industry. So <laughs> we'll leave it. We weren't expecting it and we were eye rolling this question for a few weeks and now it's becoming more prominent. Whether we'll see anything in relation to it is another thing. But you asked him about Williams Cocolo and he still 
on site and so are others and more to come. Yes, yeah, apparently so. So Williams Colo is, is still there, still trying to uh, um, earn a contract, earn a crust somehow. Um, another couple were meant to be arriving um, today, Friday, as as we record, and then further further arrivals next week. So it it feels like maybe the the other long term injury to Tom Clayton has sort of pushed that that balance back to seeing if you know you you can have someone even even if it would be for about six weeks. Um, I think uh, Notts County just sort of got in Dan Gosling, didn't they? So experienced kind of midfielder. So, um, so somewhere, you know, somewhere hidden on uh, on agents list or on their sofas or or who knows, pounding pounding the streets of their home their hometown, running in the hope that clubs will pick them up. There must be hopefully some professional footballers that can just provide that bit of extra extra depth to the squad. And isn't it interesting in terms of the rumor mill and and leaky? Uh... Swindon, the leaky sieves themselves, um, how the williams Cocolo name emerged, and yet all these other trialists don't. I only mention it, Andrew, because it kind of proves my point from what I said the other week where I was like, this guy's name has emerged because they've wanted it to go out there, but there could be as many as four players um, around the club and they don't emerge. And we've already had players that have been training and their names haven't been confirmed. Mm, well, I... Nature of the beast. Um, media media management is a complicated game. Oh, <laughs> I, I suppose that's it's about it's about as much as. Uh, so that that sounds that sounds like I know a lot more about this than I do. Um, but but um, you know, um, Williams is there. What more can we say? Yeah, people sliding into your DMs over the next twenty four hours. Who have we got? Uh, in terms of players that have been on the scene, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? When when times aren't going well, we look to our squad list and we see what's out there. And we do have senior players uh, who haven't been playing, who haven't been seemingly injured or anything like that. And we saw it after our older shot when when Harry's got a fair few Swindon fans saying, you know, you should have never have gone. He played three times. I don't think he was particularly spectacular. He definitely got sent off. He played seven in all comps, sorry, but only about three times in the league got sent off in one of those cup games. He wasn't spectacular for Swindon at all, but it just didn't start in the right way even before he even played a game. And now we're seeing this lean towards Brooklyn Genesini, who has been a bit part player since after August, where he's not played much at all. He has been overlooked for YTS players on the bench. He's there, he's warming up. He almost came on against MK Dons. He was stripped down. I'm almost certain of that, but he hasn't played since. So you've asked the question now, what about Brooklyn Genesini? Yeah, no, I, um, I think I think this was on my list to ask anyway. But I did have someone sort of contact me after the Colchester game and say, "Can kind of can you ask about it?" And I'm I'm not always a I can't always be a request service because there are lots of um, lots of different things that you usually need to play through. But it was a very reasonable question and something I've I've been wondering about. And the I think the basic the basic sort of suggestion is um, it's not really more complicated than he perhaps needs to improve his level, you know, kind of in, in training really. He's, I guess he's at that point where he's, you know, been, uh, been at a Premier League academy and now the, the sort of reality of um, getting stuck in and getting, and getting that contract is dawning. So um, work harder, be more consistent. I think we're, with some of the, some of the words used, you know, he's he's getting the video analysis that all the players get, and um, it it wasn't, it, you know, there was no sort of questioning of his attitude. I think it was just um, he obviously needs to to show a little bit more more quality there to to get involved because um, I, I did look I did look back and check, and I I was thinking he's really not played much, but he's he's made one league sub appearance um, since the Wrexham game, and that was at Bradford with a couple of minutes to go. Yeah, yeah, it's, he's not played much at all, but he's always around. I think he's only missed out on one or two games as a, as an unused sub. Also, we'll see. I, I'm not. <laughs> I don't think he's the answer, but if, if he's going to play against Exeter, isn't he? And I, w- I would imagine so. Yes. <laughs> if he doesn't, it'll be the shock of the century. Well, I think that might be a bit hyperbolic, <laughs> but if he doesn't, if he doesn't play against Exeter, you might as well just give up on Brooklyn Genesini now because it's if he can't play that game, 
Um, and I've been keeping an eye on on the ticket sales on that. It could be a record, another record this season. Um, yeah, no. If if, he, if he's not if he's not there for that loan to Yeovil as beckoning, isn't a, it? Yeah, an emotional return um, to his hometown club. He is Yeovil, isn't he? I think. Um, I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. But hopefully, he has a, is a good. I can't wait to see that lineup. Um, Anton Dwarzak is another person that we probably can expect to play against Exeter in midweek. He's been out on loan, but I don't know how... He's, he's not played for Northleaf for quite some time, so it was only a short-term loan, so he only played a few games for them. My rumour mill suggests that they're looking for a new destination for him, but the fact that he's around, we might see him on the bench, but it seems that time has forgotten Anton Dorzak a wee bit. Yeah, no, I, I was interested in kind of finding out because... For the, the sort of um, last last sort of couple of, of years or so, I think I think he's been one of the the players the academy's sort of I wouldn't say pin their hopes on it's a bit a bit too much, but who they thought has got a real kind of chance of you know coming coming through and you know having having a, a sort of successful professional career. Um, remember, he did get a league debut last season up at Barrow, and that was when Swindon were winning 1-0 late on. So, you know, he, he came on and was trusted by Scott Lindsay to to sort of be a grown-up in a very grown-up game in the... Um, I, I very nearly said a non-BBC word then, in the uh, blank rain at Barrow. Um, so so he did that. But but again, it, it feels like a, a little bit that he's been he's been sort of overtaken. He played uh, against, against Reading. In um, in that game and sort of st- and sort of started there, but again, that's a very difficult environment to show show what you can do. So it was it was just almost a kind of check check in on him and really sort of check where his his pro his progress is. But it's it sounds like they they want to get him some you know some sort of uh, men's football, I guess, where they whether they think he needs physically toughening up a bit. Um, that maybe that's the maybe that's the answer. But but yeah, it just feels like his sort of. Um, the, the kind of promise they thought he'd show us stalled a bit. So I was just, just kind of curious to see see where he lies in the pecking order, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully he gets a minute somewhere sometime soon. Absolutely. Um, and it kind of leads up to a, a, one of the questions I kind of was listening to when I was listening to the press, and I thought, oh, if Joe Acklam asked this, um, it might not go very well. But he was in a good, buoyant mood, was Michael Flynn. You you asked about, because the reason I say it is kind of hypothetical, um, if, mm. if, if, if he had a, a full strength side or a, a more or a fitter side, would he rotate in this situation? Is is that is that if I if I remembered that correctly? That's yes, yeah, no. Um, I think um, I think what a fair proportion of your audience would like to happen is for me to ask Mike Flynn about squad depth and for him to flip the table, say it's an absolute beep, beep, beep disgrace and, you know, break a few teacups and storm out to indicate his disgust. Um, he hasn't done that yet. I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's likely to. So, um, and, you know, obviously he had, you know, part of him has to be pragmatic and at least till January, he has to work with what he's got. But I think the idea of talking about this was a, a sort of way to get into that discussion of is this sort of squad depth hurting you? How much is it? How much is it hurting you? So I, I think he was, and I think he did kind of concede ultimately that you know even even if he had sort of you know three or four of the injured players back that we talk about that he might be able to just sort of push it around a bit, just sort of freshen it up a bit, just let people who are you know perhaps looking a bit sort of mentally mentally fragile or maybe low on confidence or or just kind of bring that little bit of kind of competition. In training, so so I, I I feel like from what I I can remember the answer that is that he sort of kind of kind of acknowledged that whilst again remaining sort of practical. This is it. This is what I've got, and and this is this is how I have to deal with it. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And although you know we we've said multiple times, you don't need to tell it, you need to say that there's a depth issue. There are still fans that that don't believe that's the case, but you know that's one of these things. And I and I think Michael Flynn knows it's the case too um but he he's clearly can only work with what he's got and there was a really interesting question about the lack of competition and whether we are struggling because players know well I'm playing next week so you know in terms of minutes and players take a lot more pride in their in their work than that don't they they, they want to be in winning teams mm. because if they win 
they get more interest, they get transfers elsewhere, they get new contracts within Sweden, you know, all that sort of stuff. They play well, they get rewarded. And they and they're competitive animals. They do actually just like winning for the sake of it. Exactly, well. exactly. But I, I think he he did he did entertain that quite well. That 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 suggestion. Yeah. No. 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 We had a we had a sort of a, a good bit of kind of back and of back back on the fourth of that. It was just in that sort of answer about freshening up the squad that there was he was sort of kind of I felt he was sort of pulling at that thread a little bit that you know perhaps one or two players are feeling that they're taking their places for granted. But when I sort of put it to him more directly, it, it kind of was, it's, no, I don't I get an actual, he doesn't sort of get an actual kind of clearly defined sense of that on the on the training ground. He clearly thinks they're all sort of pulling their weight. But uh, I, I guess sort of the way to discover that um, is to sort of look deep within the soul of the players and, and you know, what what do what they think? What does Tom Brewitt think when he looks in the mirror? Does he think I'm a dead cert to play in central defence or not? And actually, actually, probably even if he, even if he was, he'd still train like an animal, I sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good way to lead into the next question in terms of defensive work in training, because in terms of scoring goals, I think in, in calendar years, we'll probably have one of our best years that we've had in comparison mm. to 2022, 2021. But we are leaking goals quite considerably, and some of the t- defensive. Um, positioning for Colchester uh, some of the goals conceded at Colchester was quite bleak viewing but he did give a little nice little rundown of how they work on defensive strategy in training yeah I, I think uh, again someone I think has shown him on that social media the the picture of um, Tavide of Colchester scoring with almost a, a kind of um, pentangle or something of defenders around him basically wasn't it so um, you know they're all they're all in, they're all in sort of perfectly dotted around him in edges and there he is kind of scoring so um, I think that uh, I think that got to him so yeah you know he, he talked about kind of they'd sort of debrief after um, each game um, you know so clearly they they do kind of go through and analyze the goals and um, I don't know whether that's that's perhaps more of a video thing or whether sometimes whether sometimes they go through that terribly boring bit of when he's here you should stand here on the training ground I assume they have to do. Um, do some of that as well, and when they move over, you've got to shuffle over here and all the and all the rest of that. But yeah, he's, he he th- in a in a roundabout way, he said that you know there is a, a bit of a kind of softness problem, too easy to too easy to score against really. And he kind of went back as much as much to you know all the the sort of positional positional work and and that kind of analysis. Some of it does come down to that that sort of personal pride of winning your your one-on-one battle and not making sure that your you know your opponent gets away from you for you to score really so some of you know as ever some of, some of it is down some of it is arguably down to you know um, I think you talked about this as well you know sort of players making wrong decisions getting sort of caught up the pitch leaving those defenders exposed but again some of it just also comes you know down to that um that not so much that not so much tactical aspect that just being willing to I don't know. Sometimes take uh, take an elbow in the in the face or worse, if if necessary, just to make sure that a goal doesn't go in. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's Jr. here, enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlet Village. One time, I got to serve the then Swindon manager Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with Muck Delivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi Rich, just a reminder to let you know I'm on Points West again tonight, so make sure you tune in. Oh no, here I am holidaying in Europe and I'm going to miss Dan's latest appearance talking about another deep side town performance on the television unless haha of course i can use my nord vpn subscription nord vpn allows you to watch sporting events tv shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content so i'll never miss another points west with dan ever again huzzah nord vpn acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online 
protecting your personal data and sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. So to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash strangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the podcast along the way. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Lovely stuff. Goodwin loses out. He's onside. And this time it's five. And this time Eric Seven doesn't miss. Let's talk about Stockport County then. And when when you want to end a run, you know, you never know when a, a poor run is going to end. But when you look ahead, you kind of look at games and go, probably, probably not this one. And I think it's fair to say that's that's applicable to Stockport County this weekend because they've won their last 10 league games and they've they've won their last 12 games in all competitions because they've, they've also beaten Salford in the EFL Trophy and they've beaten Worksop Town in the FA Cup. Um, so they're in formidable form in that run includes a 5-0 home win against Wrexham. They have beaten Doncaster home. They've gone to Harrogate away in 1-3-1. They've beaten Crewe away 2-0 recently, which is a good result. And even if you look yeah. further back, beating uh, AFC Wimbledon away and MK Dons away, a good result. So they're not just playing the the lesser teams. Uh, they are getting points across the board. They have a squad. They, I think, made... I did a very quick count. I think they made 10 changes from the side that beat Tramier in the league to the one that beat Worksop in the FA Cup, a luxury we simply cannot afford. They've got plenty of players that that have got league experience. We all know about Antoni Sarsevic, Isaac is it Alofe, who scores quite a few this season, Paddy Madden on the bench, Carl Wooten. Um, they don't have Louis Barry. He's injured. We won't see him back at the county ground, and I'm a bit grateful. We might see Kyle Noyle, who's uh, in and out of the squad. Oh, Dave Challoner's had a good season so far. They are top and comfortably so. We don't play them that much. <laughs> Given the way the season is going, we won't play them next season either. Uh, I was looking at our last five games at the county ground and you go it goes all the way back to 2005, which I'm happy with because it includes the 3-0 win over Stockport, which included one of my favourite goals of the era, Matt Hayward's finish to make it 1-0. It was about three goals in seven minutes. It was daft as anything. Last season, you'll remember that we lost 1-0 at the county ground. Jacob Wakeling getting sent off after 39 Mm. seconds. And then we held on for so long up until the last 10 minutes. Um, Paddy Madden had a penalty save for that that tackle by Jake Wakeling. So I guess before we go into what Michael Flynn says, and this is always the bit of the pod where not much is said about the opposition, but (laughs) how do we beat Stockport County. Oh crikey! Um, what a what a what a good question. Um, I because I, th- it, I think you look, you, you did sorry you you look at that that sort of last you kind of look at that that um that last game in March and with ten I think Swindon did actually from what I can remember actually did quite a good job of containing. Yeah. Them. At that point, so I I wonder if that points to whether you do pay them a bit more respect than perhaps we do generally to teams where we just kind of you know um do our do our best broadly to bomb forward and and have a crack at them. So I think you know I think they you know they have tricks up their book. It sounds like they can play sort of different formations as well. If you prepare for one, they might they might be able to change and and hit you with the other. So yeah, um, very very difficult, but. Um, I do. It, it does. It does feel like perhaps in some tactical way we ought to tip our cap to how how threatening they they evidently are. Yeah, yeah. And as I've said, and I said it ahead of Colchester, football's a daft sport. Us beating Stockport or getting even a point can change our season really because it can change the way that the, what the mood is like, both behind the scenes and within the fan base. But 
Stockport losing won't change their season at all. I don't think so. No, no. I th- I think every I think everyone expected them. I you know I did. I think once they they ended up in the playoffs rather than automatic. I think I think we all thought they were going to go you know kind of um, go through that because they they had a lousy sort of first couple of months of the season and then just kind of um, you know they they sort of hit the play they kind of hit the playoffs the way you wanted, haven't they? You know, sort of start slow and really being in best form when you hit it, and yet Carlisle. Managed to turn the, turn them over at Wembley and unfortunately give us another season of, of Stockport along with Notts County and Wrexham. Yeah. So um, I don't I don't think. So, sorry, I'm going on for diversion here, but I've got a feeling the rules on how much money you can put into national league sides aren't quite as strict as they are for league sides, and then they get a couple of years grace. So it, I think that does kind of um, help them along, and they they do have an owner with um, great big. Bags of, I think, technologically earned cash. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, they probably, with that in mind, need to get a rigor on and get into yeah. League One ASAP. As we look down to the National League and see it's Chesterfield running, and so they they won't be like uh, they won't return and just do nothing, you know. And this is all diversion, really, because Michael Flynn's comments on Stockport is just they're just the usual. We focus on ourselves. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think that that's uh, that's always his his main kind of man- mantra, pretty much. Um, he was complimentary about the job David Challen has done, which um, I think is I think that seems I think that seems reasonable enough. But I, I think the one thing that struck me is I think I think he did say um, into one of his trips to kind of. Um, more vintage football man. I think he did say they've got a team of men. Do you know what I mean? In that they they do have the you know those kind of quite a few experienced players like Sarcevic and Go who've been who've been around a little bit and sort of you know um, know kind of know the level, know the division. I suppose Paddy Madden's another one of those. Camps have played a lot of games for Rochdale. I don't know, I don't know if he's particularly football man or whatever in midfield. But there was there was that sort of. Um, there was that sort of vibe to it, you know. Lots, lots of, lots of, exp- lots of experience. Um, you know, uh, success, success in the national league brings that kind of confidence and and so on. And yep, and they do as we've as we've kind of touched on already. They they can kind of throw, they can almost kind of throw out two first teams to this level and not feel too bad about which whichever eleven show up. Yeah, yeah, they certainly can. This led to the question: Is there less pressure? when we're playing a team like Stockport. And this is where we deviate again from the phrase free hit because it's a league game. It's not a free hit. We need to get as many points as as we can. But at the same time, you know, those who do go to the county ground tomorrow, I will be one of them. Are we we really going there going, we have to win or we're going to win this? No, we're going to go there and we're going to just hope that Swindon can pull one out of the bag. So, that that there's less pressure from me as a fan on mm. this one, I would say definitely, but it didn't seem to be the case for the for the squad. No, 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 I, I, I didn't think so. Um, I think when I chatted to Tyree Shade, I think I almost kind of this this is one of those journalistic questions that gets asked a lot. The the kind of free hit thing, and I'm not I'm not sure. I'm perhaps not sure what it ever tells us. I just I think I threw it in there this week because it it's sort of one of the more extreme examples when you're out of form and they've won they've won twelve in a row. But it almost goes back to something you alluded to earlier. There's all that there's all that sort of professional pride to play for your place and all that regard regardless of kind of you know whether you're whether you're playing against Stockport or you know, you are playing against sort of Tranmere or whoever else is sort of down there propping up the, the football league at the moment. So so I I don't think so. And I, I think given the I think given the kind of tension in the fan the fan base will people will be understanding, as you say, about the, the good form that, that Stockport are in. But, you know, he's like I say, his, his sort of parting parting shot to me was was kind of three points off the playoffs. So, you know, if you you think there's a promotion campaign there, there's still there's still plenty of points to be won and just do with winning a few more um, right now to make everyone feel better about uh, Swindon town-based life again. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. You know, <laughs> a, a run suddenly changes everything. It's just that the way it's been playing out over the last four games does not have that feel of mm. oh, well, this is going to end soon. There was a question: of, Is this the worst possible opponent or the best? Because a positive result will have a good pa- impact with the fans, pretty much. And I do agree with that. If we if we get a good mm. result, even a draw against Stockport, I think that will really buoy the fan base because it's an unexpected 
point or points on the board. Um, yeah. So I would say that would be, I, I think it, it, it is a good opponent to have because we're not going to be down, unless it's an abject, beyond abject performance. Yeah, I, I guess I guess that's the, the sort of concern, isn't it? If you if you sink again at home when the the last game we've seen is uh, you know the one one of one of the uh, one of the room 101 contenders yeah. um then i can i can see people getting angsty about this but it's it's probably a little bit kind of towards the better side but i think kind of mike Flynn was was neither sort of particularly here nor there about that he did say though we colchester he did use this moment to say like if we played colchester on the opening day we would have won he's sure of that and i was like oh again i thought of joe in italy um, and what he would be thinking if if that was said oh, oh yes I, th- I think i think one of joe's hypotheticals did get quite short shrift didn't it, it did. on, yeah that's me on tuesday i i th- i think um I think I probably wore his patience out on Tuesday. I, th- I think I, th- I think he would have liked to have given a lot of things less shrift than he felt obliged to give them on Tuesday if he, if he possibly could. But that was that, that was just the that was just the state we were all in. Yeah, you're a gentleman. You're a gentleman. And and the final question, um, I think Edward Burnett asked, "What are you looking for the most from this game? Improvements or performance?" And I know what Michael Flynn would have said straight away as soon as he said <laughs> that. I was like. Yeah, I know where this is going, but I did like Michael Flynn's quote of I, "If I played myself, there would have been an improvement." So that was that was lovely stuff. Yeah, I, I think um, I think based on on last Saturday, uh, who's to who's to argue he wouldn't have um, locked up midfield a bit more, or at least uh, at least persuaded some of the rest of them through sheer for, sheer force of will or voice to do some do some more closing down. But I I think it's sort of one of those classic things, kind of performer performance or result. And he was like, "Result, please. We'll take confidence in the result, even if we play pretty badly." So. So um, uh, that's it. Uh, give, give us some some filthy one nil eighty third minute deflected own goal points, and uh, he'll be skipping off the pitch. Ooh. And that really is about this run now. It's ending it. Whatever means it's. <laughs> I don't care about how pretty it looks. Just end the poor streak. Uh, the player interview was was Tyree Shade. Lovely chap. Um, nothing crazy in terms of insight and detail I will say but he's going to be missing in a week's time because of his St Kitts uh, call up and he seems to be looking forward to that yeah yeah he he even made the the obligatory kind of weather joke which was not which was nice to nice to have him hold up that that end of the the bargain which I thought was good but but no it, it was just quite interesting to hear that um yeah he's you know it, it's not um it's not something that he's sort of you know kind of been flirted with he's been called up for a bit and you know, I, I guess sometimes players will, you know, represent, go and represent a country that they they are they are far from, and they they you know they don't they don't particularly live in, and, and sometimes maybe that's not all that's cracked up to be. But but for him, he talked about he talked about you know the a kind of decision really between whether to go and play for St Kitts in the summer or, or try and make sure he was fit for the season, and that was kind of um, he sort of opted for the, the Swindon thing there. But you know, he's he's clearly sort of keen to. To be a part of their their international setup and and seem very happy to um, to get his call back up and and good for you know good uh, good for, good for him what a what a great pleasure to to represent your your country yeah it absolutely is and, and considering he is playing week in week out at the moment it's hard to not sound disrespectful to the country he represents but I, I do think historically footballers do pick and choose when it comes to well I'm playing at the moment or the team are playing well at the moment so you know risking my position whilst I'm away playing in a game against Canada, which I know will lose. It's, it's, it may not be the, uh, the dream trip. And he did say that, you know, he's, he's had times where he's been offered a place or he knows he would have been in the team, but he didn't feel his body was, was right for it. And he's, he's turned it down. And now we have him playing week in, week out and he's got Harrogate and he's not going to play it. I, I, would rather suspect he he feels that he's going to go away for a week and he's going to get back into the team. Yeah, well, g- given the given the level of squad depth, fancy us using that phrase. Um, <laughs> there, there's there's every there's every chance that he'll sort of get back in. But he, yeah, it's quite an interesting phase in his career because you know he's he's very much sort of in and out of the the team all of last season. Started on the bench this season. There's this kind of window with the the various other defensive injuries going on where he's really got this chance to sort of um get this left wing back slot and keep hold of it that's you know we know that's where Mike Flynn saw him playing at Walsall that's where he kind of put him 
um, when, you know, I think he was really sort of signed there much more as a kind of winger or or forward initially. So, so yeah, so I, c- I can kind of understand his, understand that, that dilemma. And I guess we all know what, um, what happened to Anthony Grant, didn't we? Once his, uh, his Jamaica, once his Jamaica call up arrived, his, his swimming career sort of, um, fast track to a, a polite round of applause and a, a fairly sharpish exit out the door to Scunthorpe of all places. Indeed it did. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. The, the rest of the questions for Tyra Shade were very much angled towards Stockport and where on earth that he can see us you know, getting something, where we can exploit him. And also behind the scenes of, of you know, from training, coping with the mm. week and, and so forth. I mean, I don't think we need to go into every question here. I, I did like the question where he was kind of, kind of angled, like Flynn has made it clear that you can attack and not defend. And he was, <laughs> and he was very honest with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I th- yeah. There was a, a kind of exchange where we were just sort of discussing the kind of, you know, that, that sort of, um, compromise between attack and defence that is the wing-back position. And he kind of said, you know, I have to do my defensive duties. And I kind of said, yeah, but the managers made that pretty clear. And there was a certain kind of knowing knowing look there. And I, I, think, I think to be fair to him, for the last, from sort of Bradford on, the last few games I can remember, that you do see him pop up in the box quite a lot, tracking tracking runners and getting getting the ball away. So I'd, um, I would I would say I think that I think that part he's he's kind of getting to grips with, or I get I get a sense of that at least. Oh, he's given away a penalty on Saturday now, isn't he? Oh, you've done it, you've done it, you've done it. Yeah. Oh no. He, he said those, those standard quotes of you know we're just gonna we're gonna give it a go, aren't we? And mm. and we're we're not afraid of them. We'll you know if we play as well as we can, we'll be okay. Uh, and it's it's nice reassuring words, and I just hope we see that against Stockport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's kind of that's kind of fingers. Just, I'm, I think I've I've gradually learned that some sometimes sometimes you can you can hit players with sort of questions about the opposition, and some will know, and some and some will not know so much until they have their, you know, their kind of Friday morning meeting. Really, I, I think, or or whenever it is on their on their kind of strengths and and weaknesses. So. Um, it's always one of the one of these sort of presser things. You, you know, the manager will be always clued up on the opposition. Sometimes you're never quite certain how much the player the player will will know about them when you when you ask. Yeah, yeah. Well, maximum respect for Edward for talking about maintaining a promotion push if we have a good winter. In 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 times of woe, it, it really warmed my heart. <laughs> that, that that ultimately we are still reasonably close to the playoffs and it is still absolutely possible. Yeah, well, well, you know, look at the look at the table. I know that I know the much loved game in hand has sadly been been frittered away, but um, you know, it's there. If if you you know if you can negotiate through with this small squad and be in and around the playoffs, and then if you can recruit in January, that's sort of. That's kind of calculations. I don't, I, that that's, that sounds far more facetious than I actually mean it to, which is like we're slightly alarming in a state of a state of how we are. But but we still we still know in an you know there may not be quite enough of them, but there's it still feels like there's a core of decent players there, and we've seen enough from them and enough from the way they're set up that they could actually um, do something. It's just whether they can get that that bit of extra help. Is is that not? That feels more more serious. Hopefully, let's go with it. Let's go with it. Well, I want Mansfield to win or draw uh, this weekend because I want us to end their run, uh, and that's going to be Swindon as well. We're going to end Stockport's run, aren't we? What 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 are we predicting, Andrew? Oh, um, well, let's let's see if let's see if I've been sufficiently um, infused with optimism by the the more revitalised Mike Flynn. Um, I think. I, don't, I think it really do, it does feel awfully, doesn't it? Like it's destined to be written from Stockport, just bringing someone off the bench when Swindon are putting a pretty good performance for eighty or eighty-five minutes and nicking it two-one or something like that, just just to rub our faces in it again about um, 
how many players we've got. Yeah, but at the same time, we we could possibly lose and come out thinking, well, if we play against other teams like that, we're going to be fine this season. So um, it is that sort of opposition. So you're going to go 2-1 again. So I'll go 2-1 for, because I believe in miracles. Yes, I, I won't sing, but I appreciate the sentiment. Thank you very much. I was hoping there was going to be a, a sing-song at the end, but it's not happening. What a debut that was. Brackets, by the way. Andrew, thank you very much. Pleasure. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you reds. Come on, Swindon. Get back the good energy. I, I guess it's. I guess it's going to start somewhat. Sorry, that's my radiator falling over, mm. which you can no doubt have fun with at the end. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, no. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's Jr. Here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy. Or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 